All right. Uh, welcome to this episode of the podcast. First of all, uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, our new place uh, looks good. Uh, one day we'll give you guys a tour, but really there is nothing to show. All I can say is we're moving up in the world. Uh, we are counting down to 2023 and we thought what better way than to start with a good studio. Uh, and uh, we have a guest worthy of the new place. Uh, he's come to officially open. Uh, we cut the ribbon and everything earlier, so we're good to go. <laughs> yeah, we're good to go. But otherwise, this is our new home. Um, we've moved away from our usual outside. You guys could hear vehicles, um, you know, passing by and whatnot. Now we're in a more quiet place to have more uh, serious, intimate conversations. And we've just changed the environment, really. Um, but let me not go so much into our new studio. You guys will see that for yourselves as the podcast unfolds. So this is episode number 19 of the Growth Podcast. And today we're having a conversation with um, a young man who will really needs hardly needs an introduction, should I say. He has been in business for, well, he'll tell us a bit about the business, but he's been around for quite a while. Um, he's uh, social media famous. And these days, if you're social media famous, then generally you're just famous and people know you and they recognize you. And his recognition comes from his hustle. And we really want to go into the conversation about his hustle um, and get to know a bit more about him away from just the usual that we know. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Brian Chanda. Hello, boss. How are you? Good. Good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I love the new place. Looks amazing. Yeah, no, thank you very much for the compliment. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're trying. We're moving up, like I said. We're moving up in the world. Uh, yeah. uh, Chanda Brian, Brian Chanda. Which one do you prefer? Chanda Brian. It's a bit different because there's so many guys called Brian. So Yeah, because earlier when I was trying to send you the location, uh, <laughs> I found a Brian Chanda in my phone. I was like, no, not this one. <laughs> so Chanda Brian is okay. Yeah, the Chanda Brian is okay. Yeah. Um, let's, let's first start with getting to know a bit more about you, like family. So tell me about your family, um, siblings. Okay, um, a bit complicated on the family part. So um, I'm a person who's grown up with my half-brothers, half-sisters, but it's all family at the end of the day. So I'm the first born on my mom's side, then uh, on my dad's side, there's also someone older than me. But then uh, on my end, um, I've grown up with my grandparents, uh, came to know about my mom a bit earlier when I grew up and stuff like that. So uh, it was quite hard, but it's something that I've adapted to and it's all good now. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and first of all, about the shades. I forgot about the shades. When he came in here, he was just okay. Like, he had no shades. Uh, <laughs> then then he was like, no. Like, uh, yeah, no, need the shades. So that's why the shades are here. I feel my eyes are too small, so I love... Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're, so you're basically hiding your eyes. Yeah. Okay. So l let's talk about um, the, the business. Okay. Um, Chanda Brian. Oh, that's Chanda Brian Innovations, right? Yes. Um, how did it start? I'd like to know. Okay, it started very small. I honestly don't even know how I got here because um, I was one person, I completed school at an early age. I was done with school at the age of 16. Then I came to Lusaka and you know that thing whereby uh, you've come for a holiday. It was a holiday. You know, they wake you up, no, uh, clean the car. There was nothing to do, honestly. Then I had this uncle of mine, he was into graphics. So uh, I was a bit interested. You come home, I would, I would help out because I had nothing to do. So uh, he took me in as an intern. I worked for him. I did voluntary work for like... Uh, uh, close to a year or so, I picked up many skills. I learned how to design, uh, while making receipt books, uh, birthday cards, uh, wedding cards, you know, all those stationary things were able to make those. And then I picked it up from there. 
designing logos. Then I decided to start up something small. Uh, so I started branding like I'll just make different graphics and you know those mockups where I put on t-shirts and yeah. stuff like that. Then I'll put them on my status. Then I had um, she's my good friend. She's I I, I always tell her, like you don't know that little money you gave me. It's brought me this far, you know. So she was like. Um, I love your designs. I would want uh, I, wa- I would want you to make us some couple shirts. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. It would be a pleasure to do that. So I designed, she loved them, and she overpaid me. She overpaid me. By then, I'm sure I was charging like 100 kwacha for the T-shirts. By then, I had no money. Even if I told someone like I grew all this from less than a 1,000, no one believes it, you know. So she gave me that money, which was like a 600 kwacha. And then uh, by then things were a bit though. I used just like a hundred kwacha to make everything, I think hundred or two hundred or so, I must say. And then started from there, the extra money, I bought extra shares, which were like 10 and it, it just kept expanding. I even, I even felt how to explain it, but then my breakthrough came up when um, I innovated, uh, you know, the custom phone covers by then, no one was doing that. Uh, there's uh, this cheap material that they call vinyl. These same things that I'm sure you've done branding before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was stuff. vinyl. Then I would buy plain phone covers. I had a supplier way down Soweto. It was given to me like he had a lot. He had no to take them. It's that thing where like you order things and then they just can't sell. So uh, I was giving them to me like at five, ten kwacha, and then vinyl, you have the whole sheet, which was like 40 kwacha. And you can make a million stickers. I don't know, maybe 100, 150 stickers, because they were just small names. So what I would do is, uh, the, the way it's a plain black cover, I would put the customer's name, and then people loved it. And I charged like 100 kwacha for those, and it boosted from there. Served, uh, served some money. Uh, I managed to get some equipment. Of course, I had no employees by then. I was all alone. It was quite hard. You'd go into town, you'd be outside someone's shop, they'll give you a small stand outside, you know, that thing when your clients come a lot, you'd get upset, be like, you move away, you put the items in. I was most meeting my customers by um, Mobile City, Chachacha Road, because I was mostly yeah. found at, uh, by Limbe Complex. Uh, that's why I was mostly doing the designing and everything else. But I'm grateful. Certain people received me very well. Like they received me very well. Like even if I was asking for, thank you. Even if I was asking for help, like with designs, and because I had no equipment by then, they'll just charge me little amounts, and I'm always grateful. Sometimes I even go to say hi, like ah, boss, you helped me a lot. I will give them something and stuff like that. So it picked up from there, and then it grew up into this big brand we have here. Interesting. And and how did you transition? Because. Well, you, you don't do the stickers anymore. Yeah, uh, you don't. You're not so much into the stickers and and the branding anymore. Uh, you are now Chanda Brand Mataki. <laughs> you know, and and well, I got that name from your Facebook. Page. <laughs> <laughs> how how, how did you, you know how that name came up? Uh. You would love so. Uh, so at first, okay, I'm I'm a guy who hops on trends. Yeah, so this time I was supplying sneakers. Like I was that guy. I was known for you know um, the good quality, expensive sneakers. But then looking at the Zambian market. I won't lie to you. And I've told this to many young people who come to me, you know. Us young people have that mindset saying, um, we love brands and we love them authentic. It gives us that pride, but it's different in the business environment, honestly. I was that guy, I would have shoes that I would sell like um, 3,000, 2,500, but you find the whole month you sell one pair. So I decided to try, um, you know, the second uh, class shoes and then the response was great. So I remember by then, okay, 
I don't know if I should take it back to how I started the whole shoe business. Yeah, please, please. Yeah, so the transition was I was doing shirts, then then went into phone covers. I'm always that guy, like, I love hopping on trends. Then um, I remember I registered my company. And all this happened in less than a year, you know. That's why sometimes they say your greatest achievements can be achieved in less than a year. So um, what happened in that year was uh, I started T-shirts. Then um, after, like, getting a good response, I went into uh, phone covers. I got a good response, served up some money, got some printing equipment. I uh, started doing it from home, so I would brand from home, distribute letter in town. And then I served up some money. Um, I had some uh, good friends. Like uh, on my end, I've had like financial difficulties. So even if like the people I completed school with, you know, it was quite a sad thing. Like, you know, everyone has gone to school, then you're just there waiting for your bursary and stuff like that. So it was pretty hard, but I I decided to be innovative. So mostly this is for the school leavers right now. There are people who are not coming from well-to-do families and there are people who are coming from well-to-do families. So don't feel bad. Your friends go to university first and then you remain there. So on my end, it was like that. So I used that space to be innovative and gather some few ideas, you know. So uh, from there, I came up with the thing for pre-orders. Um, I had a good clientele by then. So people would trust me. I'd be like, ah, I have these shoes. You can pay this certain amount. I'll bring these shoes and then you pay the other balance. Initially, what they're paying me, the down payment is what I'll use to get the shoes. And then the other money would be just like my profit. And then I had good response. The sneaker business started as low as like 10 pairs, if I could remember. And now I was talking like 5,000, 10,000. So it started with those small numbers and then... I had good clientele. So uh, from there, uh, came up a point where I was accepted at the Copper Belt University. So um, I've, I've been, a, I've loved books even from like childhood and stuff like that. I was one of the top students. So I got accepted at the Copper Belt University. I wanted to do medicine, but due to financial difficulties, uh, in less than a month, I had to drop out and just come back on the streets again. I uh, gathered some few coins. Then uh, I met some lady. She advised me to apply for sponsorship, uh, the bursaries and stuff. And then by then, you know, I was just like, I had to be quite hard to get back on my feet and just pursue the dreams that I've always wanted. So I applied for a bursary and then um, continued working, you know. By then, I, I started getting busy. It was then off my mind, like, you know. Then over the sudden, they were like, no, the names are out. And then I had checked the newspapers. I was given 100% sponsorship at the University of Zambia. And it, it was... Uh, a lifetime, I would say it was an achievement for me because I didn't expect anything to roll out like that. So I got into the University of Zambia. First year was okay because uh, I was less busy. I loved the books, but then, you know, uh, it was that thing whereby I was one person who even lost hope, like, okay, school won't really help me out there. So I had to put in work. So when I got accepted, it was just like a bonus to what I was doing. I put in effort... Uh, I managed to qualify for business administration. And then it's from there that I picked up those tapes. Interesting. And so the the part about um, the shoes, so the shoe business, did it start when you were in Unza or before? Uh, before. It was before. So uh, by then I was still working. Like I was, I had no shop. It was a mobile shop. Then I met this guy, Vovala Zambia. He was also into trends. So I was like, ah, you know what? I have a shop upstairs. We can share the rental costs and then we can build up something. So we're both creative. We'd design different clothes. We'd wear them. And then, you know, we had good engagement with the young people. 
would have good sales. Then from then I expanded. Uh, of course, I had some challenges. Uh, the journey came with a lot of losses. I won't lie to you. Business was good. I was one lucky person that um, I remember. I think I made my first hundred thousand before I even turned nineteen. I had my first car when I was seventeen. By nineteen, I had my second car. So you know, it was that thing where business has become good, and then that childish mindset hits you. I was young. I wouldn't blame like. Um, I had no financial literacy and stuff like that. And I feel it's something that the young people should learn, you know. Starting where you're getting some good money now and you're now trying to live the life, you decide to get cars, clothes, which wasn't supposed to happen. So I got, uh, I remember I got uh, a Celica, car, that was my first car, then I got a convertible Volkswagen. That was my second car at the age of 19, which was a waste of money. I always say that if I had invested that money, it would have been great. But then what happened, I was still in school and then um, I was still in the pre-order business. So there was another transition from the shoes now to the phones. I would get down payments from customers, you know, uh, when they pay, you order their phones, you deliver. We still do that now, though now the terms have advanced. So I got down payments as high as like 120000 I ordered those goods. I ordered those goods. I still remember that day and that consignment went missing. And then I was that guy, I bought cars, you know, you're living the life now. Then you just, it's like, you've just been woken up, you know, this is the real life now, you know. It was a hard moment. I was in school, that was like in my second year. So it was that thing now, you try to call the shipping company, they tell you, no, the things are lost, we can't track them. So I just accepted the loss, which came with a lot of pressure because Many customers, they couldn't believe it if, when I say like, no, your goods are missing. So I had to pay back that money. It was quite a hard moment. You know, you get all these police call outs and then there are some police people who actually understood me like, okay, this happens. Just give him time, he'll pay back. But then there were just those customers who are on your neck. So I had to sell my car in which few people even know about this. They're actually, you know, because when you're out there, everyone will just think, no, you are doing well, you know. So I had to sell my car paid back the debt, and then I, I managed to get back on my feet again. I did another transition. I've been, I'm a guy, I like to juggle into different businesses. We started the food business, the shawarma business. It went well, I won't lie, the response was overwhelming. We made some couple money, invested, paid my debt, and we got back on the wave. So what's the difference? The, the the Chanda brand that, you know, was like you said, childish then in yeah. 18, 19, um, around that age. And the Chanda brand you've become now. What what took took me through the transition? Not the business transition, but, but your transition as a person. Yes, okay. your growth. Yeah. So um, as I explained, when I was young, I loved dressing up. I would be like, you would be in whatever clothing that's out there, I would buy it. Whatever, as long as I can afford it. I was that guy. Like you know, I was living that life where you have a fifty thousand. 45 is on the luxury part, your 5,000 is on investments, you know. But after that wake-up call, I realized there's more on how you can use money as a young person, you know. So I decided to go into different investments. I'm that guy, I'm better off with no money, but my money is flowing around. So from, um, I feel it's helped me in a certain way, like I'm able to tell like, 
I'm able to make better decisions, you know. That's why sometimes you have to go through that in order to learn what you're supposed to do. So I was able to tell, like, uh, if I buy this, what's my benefit? Even till now, when people ask me, like, uh, why is this guy still driving a Mac X when he has all this money and stuff like that? But it's, it's the certain things that I went through that have brought me up into this person. I'm I'm better off with investing literally all my money, having multiple source of, sources of income. And that's been my main target rather than show off the luxury lifestyle. Of course, I do it here and there just to have that break, but it's very low compared to how I was living it way back. Okay. And, and how did you become social media famous? Uh, okay, that was quite an embarrassing point in my life, which was another blow. Uh, you know, a bit young again, you know, I had, uh, I got exposed by one of these girls, you know, and then it was a sad moment for me. Like everyone was literally laughing at me, you know, they would share, you, you know how it goes, like when, when you get viral out there and stuff like that, people would uh, keep sharing, they would be sending. Then I even deactivated my account at a certain point, but then um, I remember one of one of my uncles gave me a call, you know what? He just told me like, it's how life goes, it has happened. There's nothing you can do. It's either you take advantage of the situation or you lay back and then from there, it was one of the biggest boosts I had in my career, you know? So like, I just reactivated my account and just just started posting my products, you know, as much as, cause I got, I got high views and stuff like that on my page. So as much as people are laughing, I'll tap into different audiences different age groups people people started buying things from me they were like okay they'll search my name what does this guy do and then there were people who actually gave me advice of like not just continue with business and which i was it, it taught me to become more focused you know i used the opportunity like that's why each time like i i advertise my business like maximum i'll just post my business they'll comment the videos i'll, I'll laugh with them i just made it like i'm also laughing at it like it has happened there's nothing i can do and I use it as, as a boost for my advertising because it's actually there's there's no what they say there's no bad publicity yeah what so, what what was this bad publicity it was bad it was bad uh yeah it was bad <laughs> that's what i was saying you sound like you don't want to talk about it um yeah. so now obviously that is behind you um tell me how do you how do you um manage the the social media fame because the fame is on you yeah how tell me you've mentioned a bit about how you then you know use it to your advantage i'd mm. like to know how does the business benefit from chanda brand being famous okay what uh, benefits have come with that uh maximum sales we can easily tell customers the new products we have we can easily literally whatever your brand can actually sell it becomes it's easy to sell almost anything because I do in almost everything. And once I just put it out there, I'll get a huge response from my followers. So on the part where how I manage it, um, I've got like four assistants. I've got um, the one who picks up my calls, the one who picked up your call. <laughs> <laughs> then I have one who handles my WhatsApp. I have one who handles my Instagram and one who handles my comments and everything else. And in which I've taught them, like I've been with them with some time. So they know how I engage with my people. I crack jokes here and there. So I'm never that serious guy. It's not like when you're running a business, you're not able to crack jokes. I would get response from different people like, ah, you guys are not professional. How do you post uh, jokes on your business page? But on my end, I feel, you know, when you crack a joke, you get good engagement. You post business here, you crack another joke. 
Just like that. So on my end, uh, what I do is I bring the traffic to my um, business page and then my assistants handle the traffic, convert it into sales, and then we're able to sell the product at the end of the day. All right. Earlier, we talked about the, the brand Mataki name. Yeah. Um, in Zambia, there's this uh, shallow, you know, thinking people have that someone who sells something or you sell shoes, you sell tomato, you sell frizzits at home, wavutika, at yeah. point, like they're struggling. They're, have, have you experienced that? Yeah, because, okay, like growing up, I grew up with my grandparents and uh, I have been in that situation. You know, then you'll be like, and you know, yeah, just from knocking off those, and you know, Kashef said, like, my grandmother was, she was a business lady, you know, she would, um, we had pineapples home, there were vegetables, so my katias would come in the morning, we have a pen off about that, you go give her the money, and you know, you know our grandparents, and I walk to my, you just can't say no, that's more of us who passed the school when they told you know, Brian Twalef Tumbu are mostly selling them. Was what we called in Solwezi. There's a place called uh, Mema House. It's a water company in Solwezi. So I was mostly right there by the corner. It's a station mostly. Even to your friends, you know, I just tried to look away. But all those things have brought me into this person I am now. That's why most like even with my little sister mostly, I love sending her like, no, do this and different things. It's 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 embarrassing. I I won't say from a young person's perspective, it looks embarrassing. People who and it's actually not what we think of, because mostly my mindset was like, ah, if I see someone who knows me selling these things, but then mostly the experience is when you're selling that product. You engage with the person, you crack all those jokes. Uh, they'll actually even tell you different things. And it's, it's been that experience with me from way back. So mostly when I see a young person, um, I see young people selling things, but my own friends, they'll be like, just say, be a salesperson, you know. And that's one person I've been brought up. So mostly I feel uh, the experiences we go through when we're young, mostly like um, for us who've been brought up by parents who do business, could be a marketeer and stuff like that. Uh, take that opportunity. Tema wanga work to much chat to rep and stuff like that. It's actually branding your mindset into a better person. And I've picked up from that. Sometimes I'll even be at the shop. People even, many people ask me, are you the owner of this shop? I'll be like, yes, I am. But then why are you talking to customers? I'm like, it's been me, you know. I would be moving around with my sales people. Sometimes I'll even tell them, no, you rest. I'll talk to the customers. Sometimes I'll get my assistant's phone. I'll be like, I'll respond to the customers. So it's that mindset that has just been brought up in me to just, handle situations like that. So don't feel shy when you are selling something. It's actually, um, right now, I don't know if it's um, the first we're in. Business has way more money than the mindset we have of going to school. You get a degree and then start working for someone. It's actually a different story. Like, um, I'm telling you this, this has happened to me. I've had my friends who've gone to school, they've graduated, they're struggling with jobs. Sometimes I even tell them, ah, bro, I want you to prepare some books for me. I've had these sales, please prepare these documents for me. I'll give you a three, 4,000. Then they'll be grateful for that. And these were people who I admired when I was in school and like, you knock off them, they'll, they'll go live the life. You're back to Mokyok short tumboa. So it's it's different. So if we can shape our mindset into entrepreneurship, could be offering a service or anything, just don't feel shy because tables 10, and I'm speaking this out of experience, I've had 
people who've gone to school. Even sometimes my tutors, you know, because me on my end, I can't be in school full time. So I have tutors numbers. They'll call me, ah, Maiche, do you need this service and stuff like that? Because the mostly tutors are intelligent people. And mostly I get them as my business advisors because there's this good guy, Joshua from Unza. He's, he's a tutor. He teaches me, in fact, all my course. I, I owe him almost everything. He literally tutors me through at night and stuff like that. And I get advice from him. He'll be like, ah, I can pray these books for you. And then Torres goes like that. So just don't feel shy doing yourselves. Life changes and then just have hope. All right. You mentioned um, the fact that those that go to school and get degrees um, get less money than those in business. Um, you yourself actually in your fourth year at UNSA, um, pursuing your Bachelor of um, Business Admin. Yeah. And I was uh, talking to you before I started recording that in Zambia, most young people, when you test business and when you test money, yeah. like real money, and then you look at your friend who's struggling at school yeah. and they got their degree two years down the line, they have no job. Education then becomes unattractive to you because you've got the money and those on the other end of the divide who are into the academia don't have money. You feel like education is not for you. But then you are doing very well in your business, but you're still pushing. Fourth year, Unza, not a joke. I mean, it's, it's not mean achievement. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, what, what's the inspiration behind pushing for the school? Okay, so on my end, um, I've always one, I'm one person who respects education. I'll never undermine it. But uh, the mindset that has spoiled us is we go to school to look for a job. On my end, I'm in school to learn the knowledge and apply it to my business. I'm in school to offer a skill to someone out there. I would uh, receive different calls from people just for consultation. I'll get good money out of that. I tell most graduates in school, people who write to me, mostly if I, if I put up a job space out there, I get a lot of degree holders who write to me. But then my mindset is always like, guys, we are intellectuals. We, we are trained, you know, there's no way you'd work for a company and then get paid less. Why don't we team up, offer services different people? So that has been my approach towards school, not really looking for employment, but offer a service to someone. So on my end, I'm in school to have the knowledge, not look for a job. I'm okay with what I have, but I'm not a person who undermines school saying, I would stop school because I've made so much money. I would stop school because um, uh, most of my seniors can't find jobs and are asking for jobs for me. I'm one person who just, I love discovering new things, learning new things and just apply them to my business. So you never get a job in your life? I, they'll have to pay me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, maybe for those that don't really know um, about Chanda Bryan, how big are your businesses? Okay, so uh, my businesses have been growing steady. Um, recently, we had like, um, I started with a small shop and we had like three in Lusaka. Then um, I'm also on the Copper Belt. I have a shop on the Copper Belt. I have a shop in Solwezi. We have something coming up in Dollar, Chipata and Livingston. And then um, in Lusaka, we teamed up all the shops and got a bigger space. We have a whole warehouse where we just make things from scratch, which you could come there. You, show, you see how we sort things out. Um, I haven't stopped with the branding. We still do branding. Even those tie and dye t-shirts we make, like we start them from scratch. And that's how you guys find the price to be fair enough. That we just get like uh, 
we start from scratch, we do the branding and everything. It's a good place to be. And I feel it's one of the biggest investments I had this year and it's pushed me a lot. So we're still growing, I must say. Not yet comfortable, but we are still growing. I, I always ask people, what would you say is the value of your business? How much are your businesses worth? Okay, um, the good news that I haven't told anyone out there is I got nominated for Forbes Under 30. That's Africa. That's how much. Congratulations. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told anyone that, you know. Yeah, you told been, us. Uh, you. Yeah, yeah. For so the honor. For the public. <laughs> Congratulations. Now. That's, a, that's, yeah, that's a big you. deal. Thank you. So um, I made, um, it's it's to motivate someone, not like to show off and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. I made my first million when I was like 21. I... Uh, after having so many losses in the period when 19 to 20 was a bad year, but everything just switched up within one year. So I made my first million before the age 21, and now I'm 22, and it's expanded. Uh, we can't expose certain things, but then to be out there for the public, because we had auditors from South Africa audited the business, and the, the value that I was, it's, it's quite good. I was impressed. I don't even have all that money, but that's what just told me you need money flowing. What's around. the value? That's, what, what's, what's the value? Uh, that's a story for another day. Just but, 15 million? Uh, somewhere there. Somewhere but, 15 million. Uh, we're almost there. That's what I must say. We're almost at 15 million. The value, not I'm not with it, I won't even lie to you, but then... No, I mean the value as in if you sold your businesses today, that's yeah, my point. Yeah, like assets around and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's somewhere there. Somewhere 15 million. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, and I like, look, and, and the reason I always ask, and I always tell this to people, the reason I ask is so that young people can know it's possible. Yeah, so like on my end, uh, you should check my Instagram. I think I was like, um, I should have been 16. I was, I was on social media a long time, I won't lie to you. So I put on my bio, I'll be like, uh, I'll make my first 100,000 before... Uh, no, I actually put fastest growing business by the year 2020 and I kept it there. And, you know, and I've, I've had that focus and it looks like it happened. Then later on, I put something again, like each time, um, each time I've been in stock, I'm like, um, I have to make a million US dollars before I'm 25. And it's just been my target and I work towards that. So I always tell young people, like each time, each time you even, you even have such conversations with people, they'll mostly take it as, no, he's showing off. He's just bragging. He doesn't even have that money. Uh, why does he look like that when he's this and this? I've heard all those stories, but... Uh, the secret behind I feel being successful is keeping a low profile. Uh, have don't spend a lot on unnecessary things. That's what has helped me grow this year. I won't even lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. You seem um, um, for most people, the, those that watch on the sidelines, you seem like this 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 guy who just wants to live his soft life. You know. Uh, okay, <laughs> I've been traveling. I travel a lot, but if I show you the other part of that traveling, I show you the soft life of me now relaxing after I work, like uh, I mostly travel with my friend, Andre. Uh, we even laugh at ourselves, we're like, you know, if we share pictures back home, we're relaxing, people would think we're living the good life. But what mostly happens, most like if we go in Dallas Love, if we go to Dubai, if we go to Thailand and places like that, like we are literally even carrying bags, you meet different suppliers, you pay them money. We'll, we'll be moving around the market. So it's not really like traveling for luxury, for the influencer life, the soft life. What really goes around when you travel is each time I travel on my end, I always make sure I um, 
order stuff to get back the money I'll spend. That's just step one, no matter what. Oh yeah, so the money you spent on traveling, yeah, the air ticket and flight, whatnot. The accommodation, the... we always make sure, my friend, like, okay, before we start living the life, let's go order the goods, we send them back home. I know if I spend the 30,000 on this trip, it's been made back out of the 10,000 I'll invest here. So that's just the motive behind the traveling part. I'm not that person who travel, like to just go see the world around. When I travel, I'm literally searching for suppliers and the cheapest things that that country has and then send it back home. So the people see the social media, they see the soft life, um, they see Chanda brand flourishing. Mm -hmm. What don't they see that really makes you this successful? What don't we see in the background? Okay, what um, what you guys don't see is... um, the hours that we put into this work, like I'm, I'm one person, I wake up like at four, I wake up all my employees, I'd be like, be at the shop before nine, or anyone who who passes nine hours, you won't get lunch, you won't get transport. So I put in long hours of work, and the other part that you guys don't see are the losses. Business is hard. I wouldn't even motivate you or make you feel good saying like, if you go into this field, you flourish, there'll be no losses, it'll be smooth. It is hard. Even when that Mataki name came from, you know, that was 5,000 pairs that I ordered, then I received totally different things from what I paid for. It was that crazy. I, I even took a picture. Like I, was, I just left on top of the sneakers, you know. I was just like, guys, you know what? 200 kwacha, 150 kwacha, come grab these shoes. And then I didn't even know it would pop out like that. That's what just opened my head saying people like uh, in, um, in a country like ours, not everyone will afford the luxury brands that I was selling before. It just opened my head, you know. I was like, okay, I put in this much of money, even if I'm making like the 100 quarters, but they're coming so rapid, you know. Yeah. If I say the 5,000 pairs sold out in less than three weeks, we were out of all those pairs. And then this name came up, Mataki, Mataki, Mataki. I was like, okay, this is good. I brought in another 10,000 pairs recently. And then the sales went well. And then this is what people don't actually see. So we had good sales then. Um, sorry about that. Um, I opened the new shop I opened, yeah? Um, after opening it, um, two weeks down the line, thieves broke into my shop. Thieves broke into my shop. You know, town, they always get through the roof. And then that's what people don't even know. Um, and the good part I advise someone is your risk management has to be on point. So on my end, I have different warehouses in different places. There are even remote places that no one knows. Just I know I take the excess stock and then I take some stock at the shop. So we had close to like a thousand pairs. Uh, they stole almost half. I lost um, my computers that had my sales for the past years. I've had this computer that I've just treasured. Like this one has to go in the museum. It was stolen, you know, and I had everything in there. Those computers went, uh, the clothes that were behind went, because then the good part is I mostly, like, each time I do something, I think about if thieves broke in, what will happen. So mostly I had to to lower the ceiling, because there's the warehouse behind, and there's the main place where we do the sales. So I had to lower the ceiling, then secure with barbed wires inside and stuff like that, in a case something like that happened, which it happened. Because um, the place I'm at, it's quite open. And then I had security. I just, I just, I felt to understand. It was just a shock, you know. So I lost, I lost. That was a lot of money I lost. And no one will actually even know about it. They'll just be like, ah, this guy is doing well. But that's what has been happening. That's what has been happening. So I lost all those pairs of shoes. 
then uh, the good part is they couldn't break through to the other part while I kept the phones. Otherwise, it would have been a blow because, you know, phones, even if you just have like 100 pieces, it's a lot of money, literally. Yeah. yeah. So I feel those are some of the things that few people don't know about. Yeah. And when things like that happen, talk to me about how do you get back up? Yeah. So on my end, that's why I talked about you need to know how you manage your risks. Like business, it's a risky thing. Like mostly for us who sell products for resale, theft will happen. You fire the, all those things. So, and then that's the imp the importance of insurance. Now came in. I wasn't insured, and those things happened to me. So, insure your business. It's very very much recommended. And then uh, each time such a loss happens, you just need to get back up. Because on my end, I was like way back. I lost close to a hundred thousand, and then uh, that happened. So. I feel it's something I just easily, it's, it's become like a normal thing in business for me as long as, so you need to know, even when you're, when you're pricing, put all these things in your price, you know, just don't go like, ah, now that ends up at 150, let me put it at 300 quach, I'll make 100% profit. No, I'm not making 100% profit there. There's theft in that, there's cost of holding that shoe, there's advertising in it, you need paper for adverts, uh, there's, uh, there are chances you have a fire in the place, so make sure you just don't, undervalue your product, make some profit, but just put all those things into notion because that's what I've done. When that happens and you haven't put those things, you have this headache. Imagine if I wasn't, if I didn't separate my stock out there and then everything just went in a night. I would have started from scratch. So always just be, be mindful. Things happen and then you have to have proper risk management of how you keep your products. Who's in your support system? My support system, I would say, um, my mom, um, my my grand my grandmother. She's just the best. She actually called me, ah, Brian. Ninkumana, what does she say mostly? Ah, Ninkumana pa Google. She calls Facebook pa Google. Because <laughs> 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 because uh, you know, I I I saw her. it's been a long time. I saw her. like it's been some three four years. She'd be like, Ninkumana pa Google. Ah, she she encouraged me. No. Uh, keep it up, uh, make sure to, to buy your thought kubombe and a threat to empower times. She refer and traveling shop. You know, she just gives me that advice that I need that I won't get from anyone. And my mom mostly uh, she's been supportive. I won't lie. She's she's just made me grow up into this better person because um I won't even lie, I'll lie if I say I come from a rich family and stuff like that. It was it was rough. It was rough like my mom would wake up early morning to, she's a tailor, she would my grandma, she would sell different things to pay for my fees. So I never want to get back there. So if I see them happy, it actually puts me in a better mood. Then my other support system is my, uh, my girlfriend. She's always up and running for my, you know, for my business. Like when I'm away, I'm not in the country, she would pick up stock. She would uh, separate the stock. She would take uh, pictures in the stock that will come there. So I've, I've, I've been privileged that I don't even have to pay models. So that was the whole plan. I had to make an influencer so that it's easy for us to sell the products. So um, I don't know how what the future holds, but so far it's been good. She's one of the biggest support systems I have been running my business mostly. Has she always been like that? Because for most people, they, there's a problem, you know, mixing business with love. Yeah. Yeah. Has she always been like that? Or it's something that you have to force her into? Like, no, understand the vision. We're going this side. And okay, me, me on my end, I feel I carry the vision, then she rides on it. So she mostly, like, um, mostly, 
I know uh, when she like gets a hold of well, the cells that we make per day, you know, she'll be like, Brian, there's all this money, but then why aren't we going this, this, this? You know how women are, they want to go yeah. on vacation, they want that good life. But then I always explain myself, say, no, that time will come as of now. I actually say I can't afford that life. I always just say that. I'm like, no, I, I can't. I literally can't afford like being in a country on vacation without doing any business, you know, time will come for all that. And she's been understanding. Fights come up, fights come up. But then the best thing I tackled that was um, she pushing her into the business field. I had to give her certain skills. I paid for a nail course. Then she started doing nails and it's been catching up. So if she's making her money, she's not really dependent on my money. I just do the add-ons like, okay, uh, and not the add-ons on her personal need. She even knows. She would tell me, I want this here, I want this because I'm just like, no, 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 no. We can't afford that. But each time she's like, okay, I need certain amount to boost up my business that I can support. And I give her that. Then in return, she helps me as well, take pictures and post my business out there. So it's like a 50, 50 thing. It's not really like uh, in a one way thing where she's just dependent on me and I'm dependent on her. We try to balance it like that. Yeah. I saw in the, in the, um, the stock received the hoodie, was it the hoodies or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw in those. Yeah. That's good. Um, and then also the other thing I find out is you are young, you're 22. Yeah. You have people that work for you that are older than you. Yeah. How does that work? Um, that do they take advantage of your age or do they, you know, talk down to yeah. you? Okay, on my end, like most of my work stuff is around my uh, my age group. So they'll be older than me by a year or two. But then I have, I have you need mature people in any workplace. And most of that side, I have one mature person. And uh, trust me, he just puts things in place, you know, like, ah, no. Yeah, he respects me. He'll be like, ah, boss, I've a fun IV. Steven Vela, he puts them in control, you know. He would clean the shop, he would pack things in order. So you just need a mature person. Even sometimes as much as you are making money, it's not always about money. It's about certain things that certain people will tell you, you know. So that's why I just love having elderly people. I feel they have more experience, not like uh, in business, but just on the wisdom part. They'll just tell you certain things that you just won't find in the books or anything like that, you know. And then when you pick that up, it becomes better. So on my end, I have staff older than me and we just respect each other. I don't undermine them saying, nah, this this old man, hey, Buana, can you do this, you know, shout networkers and stuff like that. That's just not me. I'm one person who loves to learn from my employees. And I, I, I like I invest a lot in human resource on my end. I'll, I'll pick up, I pick up many young people, run them into, show them how my systems work, give them little knowledge on accounting. And then they're out there. I've had many, like when I started my business, most of the people who are working for me back there now have their own business and they're also successful. So I believe in that. Uh, what we need to know is like when you invest in human resource, you build that person. So it's like an investment to you. You need to make the most out of that person because each person, they become, I, I, I won't call it sharp, but it's just a way of life though. They'll need to do better in life and you just have to be at peace with that. So you just uh, you just need to know like, okay, this person, if I brand them into what I want them to be, what will I benefit in this period? And then out there, when they branch out, how will I benefit from that? Even now, like I have my first employees who adventure, ah, why should do you have this in stock? Ah, they'll be like, ah, yes, I have. They'll bring that the shop who sell and business continues just like that. Right. Most most businesses um, suffer because they, they do not have systems. You've mentioned you've got um, stores in Osaka, uh, Sulawesi, you're going to Eastern Province and, yeah. and all these other places across the country. How do you manage these from, you're, you're only here, how do you manage? Yeah, so I have, I have a genius among my employees, a very young guy. He approached me like when I, when I, 
I was like, I must come to work on Sundays mostly to prepare my stock for the sale the next day. So he just came, approached me. It was looking all simple. Then the knowledge he had was, yo, it was it was massive. So it's like, I oh, know I've been seeing uh, you post because uh, I mostly put my Excel spreadsheets on my stairs. Be like, ah, that's not needed for a business. We can come up with something complex. So I picked him up and then he made this complex system as a point of sale, as a stock management system. It's able to tell your losses, repair your accounting sheets. Because me on my part, I came in on the accounting part. Then he had the programming, the knowledge. So I'll just send the Excel sheets, then he would make it into a system. Then I approached him like, ah, you know, we can actually make good money. I'll take you in as my employee. I'll pay you, but then uh, we'll make these systems and sell to businesses. So that's a bit of my side hustle that I don't advertise out there. We do make uh, like point of sale systems for small businesses. They're able to track their day-to-day sales and stuff like that. Okay. And 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 also the, the other thing um, is in terms of other young people, because we have a lot of young people who are either in a similar business to yours or on a similar path. What mistakes have you seen your friends make along yeah. the way that really just just chalk their growth and it just ends? You know, this guy had a very bright future in the business and then it's just it's just gone. Yeah, I'll, I'll be direct that the club life. Most young people I know who are in the similar business with me, they work as hard as I'm working and go spend it all in the club. You know, they'll spend the 10,000, the 15,000. Not like I don't go to the club, but I at least make it at least once, once a month or twice a month. You just need it. But then many young people, as soon as they start making, you know, the 50,000, the 100,000, the 200,000, we tend to just like throw it all into club life and reinvest. I've seen so many people who like were on the similar path, were both doing good when we're starting up. You know, then they come into this thing. They don't deliver goods to people, you know. And then since you are found with them, Paul start calling you. Ah, no, this guy stole my money and stuff like that. And then when you call them, they'll just explain like, ah, boy, things are not well. Why? Because they want. Well, no, I don't know if it's not reinvesting, or they prefer the luxury life more than their business. Because on my end, uh, always put your business first. I always make sure before each time, like each time, even even when I make sales after two, three days, as long as I just have enough cash in the bank, I offload, I order stock. You, I'm, I'm one person, like you'll never find me with a lot of money in my account, like 50,000, 100,000, ah, that's not me. I love my money in stock because I feel when you have liquid cash, you can, you easily spend it, you know, but when you have that limitation, you know, like, okay, I need to pay my rentals, I need to pay my employees, then I need some little money for survival. The rest... We put it back in the business. That's always been me. Along the route, maybe you find a good deal, you make like a 2000 that's what you can use for pleasure. So that's how I just handle things on my... When I do my sales, I reinvest, I keep literally almost peanuts in my account. Apart from the, 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 the school, how else do you learn about business? How else do you get better at running businesses? Where, where do you go for, you know, guidance? Uh, okay, there's there's enough knowledge on the street that I've found at school. Of course, at school, we learn the whole marketing segments, the whole supply dimensions and stuff like that. But then there's just that street knowledge that you need, you know, because I've met different dealers, you know, there's, there's just that different energy around and mostly, of course, I, I always say my biggest advisor is my grandma, mostly, honestly, like when... Things are a bit hard, I'll just explain. I'll be like, ah, 
I just explain, like, I'm a baby to her, just cry, you know what, and then I'll do something to Kuvanjivir and stuff like that. I should be like, ah, serious. You know, she she puts it in a joking way, but just puts you on track at the end of the day. So right. I feel I get most knowledge from her and then even the people around. I, I'm, I, I'm a person who loves learning new things. Yeah. So. In By the time you're 30, where do you see yourself? Mm, I see myself as... Um, Owning so many businesses because the pace I'm moving at, I, I just owe it to myself as I know I've taken it personal. Like literally each time I wake up, I just put in hard work and I hope to expand. I've had uh, contacts already. What I see branch and innovations to be in the next 10 years, I have to be in each province, you know. We have to start branching out. I'm planning on opening up a shop in Malawi and Namibia, in which that's happening. Hopefully next year, those are my moves. So, uh, but for you to grow at that pace, you need to grow your brand. So I'm trying to invest heavy on my brand. And then uh, we're also working on uh, e-commerce now. Hopefully we'll be able to ship our products all around the world, you know. That's that's just my target. It's a bit different. It's not just from owning a business in Zambia. I'm trying to tap into these different markets, you know, because... I'm one person who believes in having multiple sources of income. Even if I have certain shops, no, that would give me like um, a 200 kwacha, 300 kwacha. But if I multiply that, I have like 50 stores. That that would be a lot in a day. So my target is just to have uh, multiple stores all across the world. All right, two last questions. The first one, you, you say that you get a lot of knowledge on the street. On the streets, there are Indians, there are Lebanese, there are, you know, these um, these guys. Which, what country is that in Africa? Uh, these guys who have shops in, in Makombon. What do you call them? Uh, Rwandese. Uh, yeah, Rwandese. Yeah. yeah, Rwandese. And most Zambians say those guys, their business, they do mankwala, what and what. That's why they make uh, no. money. I feel uh, <laughs> what's the difference? Our business culture, Zambians, and theirs. Our business culture is we don't want to put someone on. That's the mindset that most Zambians have. Then with those guys, it's it's mad teamwork. Like if it's the Indians, they work together. Uh, I have I have certain Indian friends. You'd be you'd be impressed. Like when you even go to their store, you you find the dad has no knowledge about phones, but the youngest son would tell him order this. It's trending on the market, and it would work like that. So I feel the Zambian businesses we need more teamwork, and then. We need to sensitize more people about how to run businesses, financial literacy, and then uh, most people need to know how to use the knowledge they acquire mostly in school. We've been struggling on that gap. Like, even if you were to do a survey to find out the number of people unemployed, it's it's sad, you know. It's very sad if it's in the health sector. I don't really know what goes on there, but I feel there are so many people who have the papers but have no jobs. And then they now go for these peace works because they, they don't have the knowledge on how they can start the businesses. So I feel if we can teach more people, in which it starts with the young people, uh, let's have these courses. Maybe I don't know if it's in their classes or something because uh, the upbringing of a child, uh, it's, it shapes up your mindset in a certain different manner. There's no way we could be young and still feeling shy to sell things, saying, nah, well, I'm when I'm when stuff like that. But that's that's the vision. Like when you grow up, you have to sell a service to survive. That's just how life is. So I feel the Zambian businesses need that. And then uh, the, the Luanda people, you know, they have one thing I've noticed about them is they'll have... Um, those guys, do they work as a family, though? I don't know about them. I just see... Oh, oh, look, like, where I stay, where I stay, like, yeah. like where we stay there, there's like there's a man, I've seen his wife, and I've seen his brother, I think his brother or something. 
Yeah, I think they also have the family setup. You see, someone was saying the difference with, 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 with Zambians is in Zambia, if you have like a shop and the child cries, you open the fridge, give the child the upper max. Yeah. Which is supposed to be meant for the business. Yeah, exactly. But those guys said, no, this this money is... Yeah. I, I feel like the financial discipline yes, in Zambia exactly. is So not... the other thing I also forgot is like uh, mixing the family with your business, you know. I don't know. I don't know about other people, but, uh, you know, you get different calls from a lot of relatives when you're doing more, you know. They'll be like, I need help. I need help. But then stand on your ground, you know. Be like, I have money for the business. Then me, myself, I'm just... I'm also, I have nothing, you know, because the point where, you know, you start withdrawing from your business to sort out your family problems. And then when you sort out your family problems, your business will now start lacking. None of your family people will help you get back at the position you're at. So the best way you can tackle it, not saying you shouldn't help your family. Like the best way I have tackled it is each of my stores, the certain amount they just save, which is just for like family emergencies. Like if my grandma calls that. I need some money, you know, you'll be like, okay, you can send her that amount. You can send her that amount. If possible, you just put them on a pair at the end of the month, you know, just something, not not a lot, just something to help out. Don't withdraw a lot from your business, sort out your personal issues. That's how many businesses fail. All right. Um, what would your top five um, advice be to young people in business? Okay, so uh, the first point is um, you have to be innovative. Uh, business, it's competitive. You meet new competitors each and every day. So to stay at the top, you have to be innovative. Then uh, my second advice to the young person out there is uh, you need to have the spirit of reinvesting. Uh, don't always spend your money. Uh, each time you get some money, uh, there's nothing like little money. It could be a hundred kwacha. Your business can start with that. There are certain products just on the street moving around. You meet certain people. Uh, let's say plastics. There are, there are many ways you can make expand your money. You know, just have that spirit to reinvest. And then uh, the third thing I'll say is um, read a lot. If you can't read, uh, you can watch podcasts like this. Uh, they help you grow. Uh, I mostly had the good reading culture when I had nothing to do. But now I'm quite busy. I'm better off with audio. You know, you're driving, you just listen to different motivational tips. That will help you shape your mind into a certain way that you 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 tend to think different. You won't get comfortable in your sport because there are certain people out there, you know, a full at 10 pin is very, very comfortable. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm making good money as multiple women and stuff like that. But the true story out there is... Um, you need to grow each time. There's the you can make more money if you just give your space. Uh, if you give yourself that space to grow, and then uh, the third advice we're on the third or fourth. We're on the fourth now. We're on the fourth, yeah. So the um, the fourth advice I would give to a young person out there is, uh, you know, yes, you are young, and uh, you need to live up to. You know, you you want to impress your friends. I have been a culprit of that a lot of times. I want to show my friends, okay, look, I'm doing better than you. It's it's not the case. Just uh, live a low life. You can wear plain, simple clothes as long as you can afford uh, putting more effort in your business. Don't feel peer pressured. Uh, there's time for everything. Yes, you can highly make it at an early age, but if it doesn't work out, keep trying. The most important part is that you started. So keep trying, grow your craft. It can't happen in a year. I've been trying. If I tell you I started like um, I 17, my uh, breakthrough came, okay, it came early, I won't lie. But then uh, there are certain people who started at the same age and they're still trying, pushing for better days. So the fact is you are better, like uh, you are better off than you were when you are starting. So you need to keep going, just don't give up. You have losses, yes, but just keep going. 
Then um, the last advice I would um, give to a young person out there is uh, uh, education is important, but don't have that mindset to get employed. Okay, yes, you need to be employed at a certain point for you to reach a certain financial capacity to acquire certain projects, which it is it is important. But even if you're employed, have a side hustle. You can be uh, you can be working somewhere. Have something running. You know, have multiple sources of income. Concentrate on uh, education. Don't undermine it. Learn a lot from it and apply those skills. They apply a lot in your day-to-day runnings. I feel those are the five tips I'll give someone young out there. Thank you, Chanda Brian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like this Chanda Brian is different from the Chanda Brian <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, because I know I'm, many people just think this guy is just a joker, but it's okay like that. Bro. <laughs> yeah, but I guess you see, is that thing where like in my in, in in you thinking I'm a joker, I'm making money, you know? That's because even I would rather think people are mean. Like, I'd rather you think I'm a joker and I'm making money yeah. than I come out too serious and I'm broke. Yeah. Yeah, see? so I feel like... Because that, those people, you know, they'll, they'll write to you. Like, I mostly... Okay, I don't know. Um, I'll say it's quite funny, but they'll write to you, you know, serious proposal. I'll be like, hey, you know what? We can do this, this. They'll just be so formal, but it's 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 even better. Like, you just come to me. We sit, have a couple of drinks. You propose. We laugh. We, we joke around and then make the money, you know. You just don't have to be serious in everything. But when it's time to be profession, you know, in the profession. It's time to crack jokes, crack jokes. But the most important, I feel, you crack jokes so that you disguise the enemy. They shouldn't know what, you, what you're doing, Loki, okay. you know. And, and, and the other thing I forgot to ask you is, have you put yourself on a salary or something? Uh, on my end, as long as I pay my bills and my rentals, yes, I have put myself on a salary. I withdraw some money from my business each month that I survive on. But I must survive on the influencer deals that I have. So I mostly don't really touch the business, the business money. money. I do get some money, but then most of my bills are cut by the influencer deals that I have. All right. Yeah. So on Facebook, it's uh, Branch and Innovations, right? Yes, Branch and Innovations. Then I have a personal profile, which is Chanda Brian. Then on Instagram, it's uh, Branch and uh, 2000. Okay. Yeah. Twitter, are we? Ah, Twitter. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok is branch under 2000 as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, why the 2000? That, that's when I was available. That's, that, that's the year I was born in. Oh, you were born in 2000? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing. No one believes it. It's, I one, know. Thing, it's one thing to know that you, um, um, that you are 22, but then to go back and say you're actually born in 2000 is like... Gen Z. Yeah, like this is the Gen Z, eh? Yeah, but no, good conversation, um, yeah. Brian. Um, good having you. Um, I would like us to have another conversation, maybe at 25 or when you're 30. Yeah, even you know, just to take stock and see how far you've gone. Yeah. Because I think like most people um, don't give themselves like, like, um, like well, what's what I'm looking for? They don't give themselves um, milestones. Yeah. Where you say, by 25, I should do this. Yeah. By 20, you think, no, by 50. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. The thing is, many people have short-term plans. We don't... Um, we have short-term plans. Like, I, I I had that mindset before, you know. You, you just plan, like, ah, this month, what do I need to do? New month, what do I need to do? You know, there are some certain things that you can't achieve in a month, no matter what. You have to set a milestone, let me, let me say, like, okay, 
in six months, I need to have another shop. And you work towards that, be it any little money, work towards that. Then there are those long, long term plans that I've just shared that I have like in five, 10 years time. And you keep working towards that. So your short term plans help you get to the long term plans. And then it's better like that. Yeah. No, thank you for the conversation. Thank you for the time. Thank you so much. Um. Yeah. And, and best wishes on the Forbes. Yeah, Forbes we hope thing. if we get onto that magazine, but even a nomination. Come yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a big thing. Exactly. It's, you know, the recognition. recognition. And only at 22, it means even if yeah. you, you see after 23, 24, yeah, 25, 26, 27. Yeah. But yeah, best wishes with that. Um, so it's much. good to take, you know, Zambia Kuchalo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not just football. It's even <laughs> things exactly like this. Right, yeah. Otherwise, thank you very much, um, Brian, for the time. Thank you very much, uh, you guys, for watching the podcast uh, in our new studio. Uh, we see it was a conversation with it in a new place. Yeah, uh, so don't forget to nice. share the video. Uh, tag someone who you feel really has to um, hear this conversation. Um, like the video, leave a comment, and we'll see you guys. Um, in the next uh, episode. Thank you very much. Yeah.